people are more interested in where things are coming from, how the product is being made, as well as obviously the final product is paramount, but those, you know, people are looking more behind the scenes as well. So sustainability has always been a huge part of our mission. Obviously it's baked right into our mission. I really see us continuing to find uh, innovative ways to, to use our waste products and mm-hmm. sustainability will always be at the forefront of everything that we do as we continue to grow the business. We're here again for an episode of Future Foodcast, where we speak with thought leaders around the world in the food industry, talking about the trends and technology that are shaping the future of food. I'm Chris Roszkowski, part of the Future Foodcast team, and I'm really excited today to have Hannah James here with us from Greenhouse. Um, I believe you're in Toronto, is that correct, Hannah? Yes, I am in Toronto. Excellent. Well, really appreciate your time today. Um, and looking forward to hear about a really very interesting business that has grown considerably since you've started it. Um, but before getting into that, I thought, you know, it's always interesting for the audience to understand, you know, for these thought leaders, these entrepreneurs, where did they come from? And how did they actually get started in this crazy business that they, they thought up by themselves? So how did you get started with this? So yeah, it's a kind of, I, it wasn't a direct route to greenhouse, definitely a little bit more, um, you know, it wasn't, yeah, it wasn't a straight route. So I went actually, so I went to school um, at, at McGill for anatomy and cell biology. So my mm-hmm. plan when I was in university was to actually go to med school. So I did four years at McGill, I graduated and then I was, uh, you know, I was taking a year to write my MCATs kind of just do my applications mm-hmm. and uh, start that journey. Uh, and I always, I, I really loved, you know, what I thought about medicine. I loved, you know, the healing part, the interaction with people. I really thought that was what medicine was all about. So mm-hmm. I uh, go on the, start writing my, uh, write the MCATs, start writing my applications at the same time, because it's obviously that wasn't all my time. I took a, I took a job working at this very small health focused cafe. So this was uh, 20, this was like 2011, 2010, probably mm-hmm. 2010. And so, you know, there wasn't the, the health and wellness scene in Toronto was very different. Uh, so it was this little cafe actually, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't vegan. It wasn't anything specific, but they were serving quinoa before quinoa was served at every mm-hmm. restaurant and there was alternatives, you know, they had gluten-free options, they had dairy-free options. So it was really interesting to work at this little cafe and interact with people, people coming in specifically because of those alternative uh, options. So Mm -hmm. you really, I really kind of, I made these relationships and talked, you know, it was, it was really a conversation about health versus about what they, you know, obviously it was about what they were eating, but it really was a conversation about health, which I loved, you know, I was getting up at six in the morning to make coffees and serve people pastries. And I, loved doing it. I got up every day and was excited to go to work. So at the same time, writing these medical school applications, and I wasn't really able to write them. You know, they were asking me questions like, why do you love research? And Mm -hmm. what do you think that you can give to the medical community in terms of of this love of research? And I was like, what? I was like, I don't love research at all. Mm -hmm. Like, it's not really, that's not what I, you know, so then I, you know, spoke 
started speaking to more uh, doctors in the field and, and really digging into what a career in medicine was. And it's a very admirable career. It's an amazing and essential career. But I mm -hmm. realized that the reasons I had chosen it were not actually what the career looked like. Right. So I was I was at this crossroads of what, you know, am I going to do something that I'm really passionate about or do something, you know, I was very good at sciences. And so I was like, or do something that I, you know, I have the skill set to do, but might not necessarily be passionate about. And I, uh, I decided to go with the, on this, the route of passion a little bit more. And I uh, decided to start my own business because I, I, you know, I loved working in this cafe, but I also knew that I wasn't going to be satisfied just working there every day for the rest of my life. I would wanted to do something, something else. So I, you know, it was a great opportunity that came around before Greenhouse. I um, was able to open a little, like an organic snack and juice bar inside of the gym. Uh, in located in Rosedale uh, called Totem Life Science. I opened uh, Cafe Shoe, which was my first little uh, entrepreneurial venture. Um, mm -hmm. And it was great. You know, I, I made food, snacks and juices, and I wasn't doing cold pressed juice at the snack bar. It was a, it was a, uh, it was a slow juicer, but it was amazing to see how excited people were about the products, you know, mm -hmm. getting organic food, getting organic juice and smoothies and, and just being able to get food that, you know, like food that you basically made at home, but that you could get outside of the home. So that was kind of the angle I was going for. Um, you know, if people could feel good about eating it and, you know, feel good afterwards. So I ended up opening in their se a second little bar in their uh, location downtown on King Street. And I did that for about two years. And at that time, it was, it was, again, I was at another crossroads of this business is going well, but I need it to, to, for, to really grow. I need to go outside of the gym, like, Mm -hmm. and and do my own thing in my own brick and mortar or do something else and it was at that time that my partners Anthony Green and Emma Knight who are then living in California originally from Toronto mm -hmm. and I'd known them from childhood came to me and they they knew that I was looking to do something else and they said you know would you want to open a cold press juice bar with us and wow. it was you know again timing seemed just seemed it was the right timing and um, everything fell into place and then in uh, the January 2014, we opened Greenhouse. That's an amazing backstory. And before we kind of, you know, step into that next chapter, I you know, really congratulate you on the, the bravery it took, frankly, <laughs> to step away from that tremendous education. I similarly went to, you know, some pretty high-powered science and engineering type of education. And I would say it takes more courage to pivot at that point than it actually took to enter the program. So... Great for you and great for following what you love and your passion. Um, yeah, thank, thank you. I have to say that my, you know, my parents were very, very supportive of it. So I did say that if by 30, you know, nothing was working out, I would go back to med school. So we could, I'm, mm. I'm now past, definitely past 30 and uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm not at med school. So I think things are right. going well. <laughs> well, it's clearly going well. Um, so tell us a bit about how you got started with Greenhouse and you know, where you where the product started and how things have grown up over the years. Yeah, definitely. So, so we launched Greenhouse back in 2014 because we couldn't find organic cold pressed juice bottled in glass anywhere in Toronto. Um, and that was what we wanted to drink. Like it was really surprising that, uh, you know, our, as I said, my partners were living in California and they could the, you know, the cold pressed juice bar on every corner, you know, when I would visit friends in New York and California say, you know, it, it was just part of your daily routine because it was so easy and it was so accessible. 
And that was something that wasn't available in Toronto. So we're, that was really the kind of the impetus to start Greenhouse. Uh, you know, we wanted to be able to drink this delicious product that was also really great for our health. So we, we did, we launched in, in 2014 and um, we decided to kind of, you know, we decided to make our ideal product with no, you know, we didn't want to have to compromise on any of our commitments. So we wanted mm -hmm. it to be hundred percent organic. We wanted it to be uh, bottled in glass. We wanted it to be the highest quality ingredients. Um, and, you know, we really came up, I think, you know, we really built our mission in that first year. And our mission is to offer widespread sustainable access to plant-based nutrition and wellness of the highest quality. Mm -hmm. And, you know, since 2014, that's what we've been doing. We opened our first store, which is located um, at, kind of at just in between Summerhill and Rosedale in Toronto. It's a mm -hmm. little coach house kind of just off of Young Street. Mm. And, um we, we started there. We The first day we opened our doors uh, on a very chilly January day. Uh, we didn't expect that many people to come because, you know, you're selling something with the name cold, with the word cold right. in it, and it's minus 30 out. But uh, we, they did come and we did We ended up selling out uh, in mm. that first, you know, in the first hour of us being open, which was very exciting. We continued to produce and we saw that there was really... A, a demand for this in Toronto. Um, people, you know, we thought we we opened in the neighborhood that we were familiar with, but we saw people coming from everywhere. And you know, that first year we opened, we opened three more stores. Uh, we continued to expand, and we've been continuing to work on the accessibility piece, the widespread piece mm -hmm. of our mission, because that's definitely been hard. When you know, when we first opened, our products were very expensive because we mm -hmm. were, you know, we weren't going to compromise on those commitments that we made. Mm -hmm. uh, and now we've just been working of like, how do we, you know, how do we grow and bring those price points down? How do we become more efficient so that we can pass along those savings to our customers as well? Mm -hmm. Well, well, I think that encapsulates exactly why we're excited to have you on this program today, which is um, not many entrepreneurs um, start out and then within a year they've got three facilities and, and they're growing rapidly. Um, so again, really congratulate you on that, really reading the market and being in the right place at the right time. So you started out with cold press juice and I've you know been through the website of course and that is still a leading part of what you're doing, but maybe talk to us a little bit about how Greenhouse has grown up and expanded your the products that you're producing and um, selling through your own shops and through other shops. Yeah, so we um, to, through the, the expansion. So now you know through the years we've um, we've opened multiple more locations, brick and mortar locations. We've grown our um, production facility. We now have kind of a state of the art production facility in uh, just out, just near the airport in Toronto, um, where we can, you know, produce these products uh, at a really safe and efficient way. Um, we, and as you said, cold pressed juice is our, is our bread and butter. It's funny, bread and, you know, plant-based mm -hmm. bread and butter. Right. Um, but we, we also offer, you know, we, we do, um, we do organic gum-free plant milks, low sugar kombuchas, plant-based boosters, uh, in our stores, we also do uh, plant-based smoothies as well. So we've really expanded that offering, uh, you know, again, within, so we do, so far within the beverage world, 
Uh, and we're now, which is exciting in the past kind of couple of years, we've um, expanded outside of Toronto. Uh, mm. So now we're available across Canada as well in grocery stores. Interesting. So I, I am based in Calgary. Um, do you happen to have products in Calgary? We do have products in Calgary. So if I think the main, like, you know, our, I, I'd have to check on the website of where I will, exactly, I will find it. Of where exactly we are, but we're in, you know, most major grocery stores in okay. kind of in um, the urban centers we, we sure. would be, we would be in, uh, you know, and, and some smaller players as well. Yeah. We've, we've really worked on that, um, our distribution network mm. to kind of grow it because again we want it to be widespread and accessible and that is part of it is you know is not just catering to the neighborhoods where we have brick and mortars in Toronto but being able to have presence where people can see mm. our product where they might be shopping on a daily basis mm. well I will find that this afternoon but um, like you know, sticking to the topic of uh, trends um, your company yourself certainly I think not only a trendsetter, but um, somebody who has found this place in the market where there is a tremendous amount of demand. Um, how does that informed your growth plans? And include, like you said, you've focused still, I think, quite a bit on beverages um, mm -hmm. and natural products. Um, is that how you see the, the future of Greenhouse as well? Yeah, like we definitely see that you know, the, the trend, I think it's accelerating even more now, but even back then mm -hmm. we saw the trend toward plant-based eating and drinking. Mm -hmm. And for us, it's never been an all or nothing proposition. Really our motto is more plants more often. So mm -hmm. thinking about putting plants at the center of the plate or, or the glass as mm -hmm. often as possible is an easy, delicious shift that we can all make to improve our own health and that of the planet. Right. So that I think is, I think that's the kind of, that's the trend and we feel that that's the thinking of most people. Like definitely there are a lot of people who are, are going, you know, more on that, on one, one way or the other more. Um, but we think that that balance of just more plants more often really is where people are headed. Right. Uh, so that's why we, we want to be able to provide a variety of different beverages uh, low sugar, for, of course, is another big trend that we've seen and that we have always been committed to, you know, mm -hmm. making sure that our, our beverages, they taste really great, but you can taste things other than just sweet. So, you know, our mm -hmm. green juices have a lot of different notes and, and it has a really complex flavor profile. Mm -hmm. uh, we also, uh, you know, we, we know the, the food, food is a huge part of it as of course, uh, unfortunately we haven't, we, we do offer some, uh, food items in our brick and mortar stores but um we we know that that's a fully that's also a different business so we in 2017 we actually released uh, the greenhouse cookbook which um was a national best bestseller it was published by penguin and it contains 100 plant-based recipes for those those curious plant curious mm -hmm. people and 50 of those are actually food recipes and then 50 are juice and smoothie recipes so yeah, so really see that, uh, I think we'll continue to develop on that, you know, to continue to develop our, our, our offering and offer more plant-based beverages and, mm -hmm. and more plant-based items down, down the road. Excellent. You know, in this, um, in your feedback here, you've used a couple of phrases that point to a direction that we see coming up a lot in these podcasts, which is the topic of sustainability. Mm -hmm. And 
Um, that certainly seems to be partly what's driving your business, for example, the focus on plant-based products. But how do you see the topic of sustainability, one, driving your business, but at the same time, driving the consumer interest in products that you're producing? Yeah, I think that um, these days people are, you know, people are more interested in where things are coming from, how the product is being made, as well as obviously the final product is paramount, but those, you know, people are looking more behind the scenes as well. So sustainability has always been a huge part of our mission. Obviously it's baked right into our mission, um, you know, supporting local farmers in Toronto when we can, always using organic produce, being bottled in glass. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, this is not, it's, it's not an easy, it's not the easy or, uh, most cost-effective way, but for us, that's it's so important for you know for the health of the, our product and for the health of the planet. Mm. Um, we are you know we've just actually recently I guess it will almost be a year now we got certified as a B Corp, so really taking that commitment to sustainability to the next levels so that we will be you know that we will be, we will be held accountable, and I think that that our customer appreciates that we are taking those extra steps to show our commitment to sustainability. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. uh, and yeah, I see it. I see as, you know, we're always looking for ways of how can we reuse the pulp from our, from our juices? What are other ways that this can be used? You know, we can give it back to the farm, but we have a lot of pulp. So mm -hmm. how, you know, how, what are other, um, what are other avenues that we can explore? So I really see, I really see us continuing to, to find uh, innovative ways to, to use our waste products and, mm -hmm. To continuously and yeah, I think that sustainability will always be at the forefront of everything that we do um, as we grow the business, as we continue to grow the business. Excellent. Well, you've touched also around a number of interesting sort of technology leverage points that you have, and I want to get into some of that discussion. But you also mentioned something that I think maybe not consumers know very much about, which is the concept of a B Corp. And, and maybe can you tell us a little bit more of why you made that decision and how, how does that influence the, you know, the, the normal operation of your company? Yeah, so um, certified B Corps. So it's a, it's a certification that we can, mm -hmm. you know, that's recognized around the world. Um, and they are uh, businesses that meet the highest standards for verified social and environmental performance. There's public transparency, legal accountability to balance profit and purpose. Hmm. So for us, it was important. You know, I think that I think that we've been doing that since we opened. Right. You know, that's always been what we've been doing. But it's I think it was really important to kind of make it official and be accountable to someone other than ourselves so that our customer knows that we're not just it's not just what we say, but it's what we are doing as well. And that someone there is someone other than us to uh, verify that. And then we right. also are part of a community of other businesses that are doing the same thing so that we, we, you know, we know who our peers are that are putting the environment and social responsibility kind of at mm -hmm. the top of, the, uh, of their missions as well. And I think we'd like to see more consumers understanding what a B Corp is. And it's great to see that uh, finally the business community is caught up to companies like yours and being able to recognize that. So that's, that's great to see. Yeah. Now, Maybe then turning a little bit to the topic of technology and, you know, obviously in our lives today, just, you know, look at this uh, podcast we're doing. Technology drives a lot of what we're doing every day and how we do it. Um, and there's a number of areas that we 
can talk about here, but um, I know you've had some interesting technology applications that help your product be successful in the market. And maybe you can tell the viewers a little bit about that. Yeah, definitely. So um, before, you know, when we first launched our product had a shelf life of three to five days. Uh, mm -hmm. Obviously this, that was this, really this caused our product to be more expensive. It made it difficult for us to be widespread or accessible, you know, beyond kind of those that are our small community of Toronto. And we knew that we needed to figure out a way to solve this, you know, or to, ex to help extend the shelf life of our products without compromising the integrity of, of the product um, to really fulfill our mission. Um, so we, you know, we, we worked on it that, you know, that was definitely a big part of our growth. And uh, we worked with, uh, we have PhD scientists on staff and, you know, we have a whole research team of how, how can we do this? There, there's obviously, I don't know if you, obviously pasteurization, which everyone is familiar with, which mm -hmm. is how things are, a shelf life of a product like milk is extended by applying mm -hmm. heat. Uh, a lot of juice companies use something called HPP, which is high pressure, high pressure pascalization, and it applies pressure uh, to a product, a, a liquid product like juice, to kill any bacteria. Mm -hmm. um, this is being this is used by many companies, uh, but for us, it wasn't really an option because you, you the product needs to be uh, packaged in plastic for it to use this technology. And it also did, you know, it maintains the integrity of some of the nutrients, but it still did kill some of the nutrients as well. So for us, mm -hmm. it wasn't, uh, it wasn't the right solution for us. So we, you know, did a lot of work on this. We actually got a grant from the government of Canada um, to work on this new technology that we are now using. It's called, we, we termed it light filtration. Mm -hmm. uh, we, and the grant from the government was used to build our facility to implement this new technology and to be able to expand uh, and you know, distribute our product across Canada. So the way that light filtration works, it, is, uh, it uses cold UV light. Again, this is not a novel technology. Cold UV light has be, is used to treat every single water bottle uh, that mm. you've ever drank you know, because the cold UV light has uh, germicidal properties. And so it makes, it makes water bottles safe. And the reason it's used for water bottles is because it can pass through uh, clear liquids, mm -hmm. uh, but it can't pass through a turbid or opaque liquid. So that is why it's never been used for juice. Uh, so instead of us, you know, and that's kind of why it's, yeah, why it's never been used. But so our technology, it uses um, fluid, it uses motion as well as the cold UV light so that we get the juice to travel to the light versus the light traveling through the, the juice. Mm. And this achieves, um, this achieves a, a, a you know, this is it has is able to achieve those same uh, germicidal properties that you know pasteurization or the HPP would use to make our product safe and help extend the shelf life of our product. It's amazing, not only uh, following the trends but creating technology that uh, you know can bring other products to market. I'm curious, this technology that you've developed is it something that um, other companies are using now? Is it something that you're- So we're currently the, I think the only company, I think we're the only company using it for juice at the moment. Mm -hmm. um, I do, I, I'm sure other companies will, st will start using it, but it is, yeah, it's it's definitely been, it's, it's been uh, a process because it's not mm -hmm. just about, you know, it's about that there's that technology, but then there's also, you know, maintaining the cold chain and how, you know, making sure everything is, 
the, the produce is as clean as it possibly can be before it's juiced and, and having HEPA filters in our, mm-hmm. you know, and, and everything kind of, you know, attacking that at every step of the production mm-hmm. is so, is so important. Right. So, you know, along with all these great innovations and the great materials that are used, all this, it's important to you as an entrepreneur, as a business leader. Um, of course, it's important, you know, to the consumers as well. And that's where the topic of transparency typically comes up. And I think the challenge, especially for a company like yours, is not the desire to be transparent, but how do you be transparent? And what are consumers looking for, for how you communicate with them and get them to be understanding and enthusiastic about your product? So, you know, what what are the technical mechanisms that you're using to communicate with your customers? So, yeah, definitely transparency, I think, is... um is more important than ever these days. You know, knowing where things come from is really important. And I think the consumer is, is, is taking that into consideration more and more as they shop. So we do, you know, we work with local farms throughout the Ontario growing season. Uh, we seek out su- suppliers who put the health of their customer and of the planet at the center of their decision-making so that we know that we can stand behind them as well because we know that it's not just our product, but all the products that go into it um, mm-hmm. we are, you know, we've got a great blog on our website that we, that has amazing information about our technologies, about everything that we're doing. We've always been really transparent with our customer, always opening up a conversation about everything we do and why mm-hmm. we're doing it. Uh, and I think that was, you know, when it came to, when we first launched, it was, you know, you could have it was, there was a question of brick and mortar or just Mm e-commerce. And um, for us, it was so important to have, to start with those brick and mortars because we were a new, you know, a new type category of product to be able Mm -hmm. to talk to the customer, to educate them, you know, to explain why this product was, was worth consuming, was worth Mm -hmm. purchasing. uh, And to have that conversation, I think really made a difference. Hmm. Well, um, like, everybody else in the food sector, um, the last couple of years um, has had the entire industry pivoting with e-commerce becoming much more important. Mm -hmm. And especially with your product, um, as you noted, when you first got started, you had shelf lives on the order of three days, um, which might be a challenge from the e-commerce side. But how how did, you, you know, the stage you've gotten to with your company in having more range of product um, but also longer lasting product, how are you able to leverage e-commerce to continue to penetrate market and build um, size during the last two years? Yeah, so we actually, we, we, we launched with brick and mortar, but very shortly after we launched our e-commerce site because we realized that, especially if people were purchasing, you know, something, this was a product that we, we saw as something that you bake into your daily routine. And especially being packaged in glass, like coming into a store and carrot leaving with seven bottle, glass bottles of juice, it was heavy. So we realized that, you know, having this delivered to your home was something that again enabled it to be slightly enabled it to be more widespread and more accessible. So we we built our e-commerce quite early on, um, and in within Toronto, we, you know, in, within the GTA, we've expanded that and be definitely being able to grow throughout the pandemic. Uh, we really, it was really obviously essential to the business. Mm-hmm. Um, we also started carrying other plant-based products. We call it, we, we uh, launched something called the plant pantry. 
so that people who were purchasing from us could get other some of their other favorite plant-based goods as well. And since we had the infrastructure and the logistical capabilities, we thought we could leverage we you know leverage that for our fellow businesses and for our consumer our customer as well. And then being able to obviously now you know uh, some of our products were able to ship across Canada. You know we don't do the e-commerce side through across Canada is still something that we're working on for ourselves of how, you know, what's the best way of getting it out there. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the e-commerce has been essential to our growth for sure, especially, and just, you know, being able to get the word out there, uh, continue mm-hmm. to, you know, to, to um, market our product has, has been really great. Excellent. Well, you know, combining some of the last couple of topics we discussed of transparency and the shift to e-commerce I think we all kind of get it when a customer walks into a store, you've got a person representing your product there and they really can communicate face-to-face. And that's certainly the best method for helping customers understand. But how have you bridged that transparency (laughs) and the interest that um, customers have really understanding, especially, you know, for fresh foods. and, And that's the key reason they're buying the product. How have you bridged that transparency gap for the e-commerce uh, customers in the e-commerce side. So yeah, so we've really, um, so we do have kind of an active, we've got a great customer service team. So we've got an active uh, chat situation that when you go on our site that you can ask questions. Um, as I said, our blog, we try to kind of get ahead of people's questions and, and, and really go into depth on what we're doing, why we're doing it so that people, you know, that you don't, that you can come into the store and talk to us about it. But if you, you know, if you're not able to do that, you're able to go onto our website. We've got a great mm-hmm. FAQ section that's built around questions we've received from our stores. You know, the, the most obviously frequently asked questions um, from our customers that I think that, you know, that we really try and tackle that transparency. We, um, yeah, I think that we've, we've tried our best to do, give as much information on our products as possible on the website, mm-hmm. you know, giving out the nutrition, giving the nutritionals, giving a description of the flavors and, um, and okay. yeah, I think that that's really helped to communicate with our online customer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, without getting into the technical details of, you know, let's not worry about all the details of supply chain and that type of thing, but do you see an increasing interest from customers that really want you know, if they could, they would love to know that it came from this farm near Calgary or it came from a farm in California. And would that be helpful to them in, in terms of encouraging them to buy the product? Yeah, like I definitely. Um, so we obviously, we work directly with farms. And as I, as I mentioned, we, in the Ontario growing season, we, uh, we work with local farmers and we've all, we've done again through our blog and We've we've done interviews with these farmers so that people can see exactly who we're working with. Um, we are very, you know, as I said, as, when we're choosing suppliers, we make sure that we can, if someone asks who our supplier is, we can say this person and this person because we stand behind those people's businesses mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, yeah, I think there's definitely seeing more people who are interested in knowing knowing those details as well. Interesting. Now, does this um, extend into customers' interests of, or are they interested at all in, is what they're eating GMO-free, is it organic, or do they really want the confidence that 
Um, greenhouse is getting the best product they can get and delivering it fresh. What's, what's the real breakdown of what customers are really looking for on these details of organic GMO, et cetera? Yeah, I think that, I think that especially with like, so we are a certified organic company and we were, we weren't always, um, early on, we weren't, you know, we were always using organic, but we weren't certified. Mm -hmm. Uh, and I think that it is important. We've always said it's so important for juice because with cold pressed juice, your body can just absorb it. There's no, you don't need to break down any fibers. Mm -hmm. There's no kind, there's no filter. So it's so important to, to have those organic products. And I think that our, our, at least our customer uh, does care, definitely cares about having that certification and, and knowing that our products are, are always organic. And, and then I do think there is a level of trust that we've built with our customer that knows that we're, that we are using the highest quality products to make, you know, that we're using the highest quality suppliers that we always have, we have the best interest of our customer at heart because mm -hmm. we are producing a product based in health. You know, yeah. we, we, we know that there's real health benefits. We've all, we've experienced them. We've seen them in our customers. So we know that we have that responsibility to choose the best products and, mm -hmm. you know, having that high, we can only create the highest quality product by using the best products. And uh, I think that, um, that, you know, we've proven to our customer that, that we're, we, we're mm -hmm. doing that and we'll continue to do that. Yeah. I think what you're describing is not only the words you're using, but the tone you're using, I've seen a number of times um, with uh, food entrepreneurs like yourself and what really, one of the areas that's really been resonating with them and their customers is authenticity is customers really believing that the people producing their food actually care and they have the same attitude about consuming the food. It's not just a marketing message. Um, so it sounds like you communicate that also largely through the bricks and mortar side, but maybe also through social media. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, we, we've, we have a great social media following and I think we have a very engaged audience on our social media. So I think, yeah, definitely. I think there is that quality. I think authenticity is, is the right word for it. You mm -hmm. know, I, I worked in the store for the first two, almost th three years, you know, so if you came into one of our locations, you could find me and ask me kind of any question. And I was, I love like, you know, I love that part. I love doing that. And, mm -hmm. um, I, it was really important also for us, you know, for me to do that, you know, we all felt that being able to come in and talk to someone, talk to someone about how, any question you might have about the product, being able to talk to one of the co-founders kind of really mm -hmm. um, elevated that experience as well. Excellent. Well, we've had a great opportunity to see that uh, you and Greenhouse are clearly identifying market trends. Um, leading market trends and, and even leading technology that's enabling these market trends um, to be more easily um, consumed um, in, in the communities. But um, what do you see coming over the next two, three, four years? Uh, what types of products are we going to see from Greenhouse that you might not have today, but the new directions that you're going, um, extensions, pivots, et cetera? Um, I think there's a lot, there's a lot of, uh different things in the works and I, you know not sure which ones will will come through but i sure. you know i think that definitely you know we've been expanding our plant milk line quite a bit mm -hmm. uh we just released a uh, zero gram sugar oat milk mm -hmm. uh which we're very excited about so i think definitely some more um 
innovation in that category because that's a that's a fast growing category for mm-hmm. sure. Uh, yeah, I think that you'll see some exciting stuff in the booster department. You know, the little we call them little mini hits of health, mm-hmm. uh, very functional beverages. Um, yeah, I think there'll be some exciting stuff coming out in both of those Excellent. categories. Yeah, the whole concept of functional food, um, it's definitely uh, a key word with industry experts, but I think it's becoming a key word for the general public as well. And you've got some great, great products out there that I, I just saw on your website, but like I said, have to try a little bit later today also. Yeah, definitely. If you go on our website, I think you can actually find, there's a store locator, so you should be able to quickly find where they are located Excellent. in Calgary. Excellent. Well, I really appreciate your time today. Um, yeah, thank and, you so much for having me. You know, coming also from a, a fellow entrepreneur who's had some successes and some failures in companies, and it's not easy to do what you're doing. Um, and really respect the success you've had. Great to see new exciting companies coming up in Canada, um, especially with the ethos that uh, you and your and your founders have behind it. So, thank you very much for being here today. Thank you so much for uh, having me. It was great, great chatting to you. Excellent. And again, we're here with Hannah James from uh, Greenhouse and definitely a food leader, not only in Canada, but uh, in North America as well. Thank you very much, Hannah. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Future Foodcast. Future Foodcast is powered by Farm to Plate, the leading food blockchain platform. Subscribe on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts to stay up to date with the very latest innovations in the food industry. 